Hey guys, what's up? It's Savannah. Welcome back to another episode of My Thoughts Exactly. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so happy that you are here and I'm very excited about today's episode. I'm excited. I'm a little antsy. I'm a little uncomfortable just because I haven't done this in so long, but I'm bringing it back to where it all began in today's episode and we are doing another story time and we're not just doing one story time. We are doing two story times. I thought that in the spirit of Valentine's Day, (laughs) Valentine's Day, I wanted to do something that was Valentine's Day related, Valentine's Day-esque for today's episode, because even though when you guys hear this episode, it'll be like two days after Valentine's Day, it's still the week. It's still, you know, the vibes are there. The spirit is there. or Maybe it's not, but that's where I come in. Okay. I thought that I could give you guys an episode about, you know, the love story of my boyfriend and I and how we met and how we're doing and all of that, which is, but we'll get there eventually. But that's just not how I wanted to celebrate Valentine's Day today because I wanted to celebrate Valentine's Day with you guys and I wanted to potentially make you feel better because if you are single or even if you're not, And even if you just had some shitty dating experiences in the past, I feel like I wanted to come on here today and make you feel a little less alone and make you feel probably a little bit better about your own dating life. So in today's episode, we're doing two story times of bad dates, bad experiences that I've had. And I I don't even want to say bad because I feel like we've evolved. We're in a new era. I'm not dragging people anymore, but just awkward and uncomfortable, especially the first one. The first one is more awkward and uncomfortable. The second one is more like, ugh, just we'll get there. You'll hear it. But again, I just wanted to say happy Valentine's Day before we get started. I love you guys so much. If you don't have a Valentine, I will be yours. I'm also drinking coffee right now out of my little heart-shaped mug because it's too early for wine at the moment. So that's what we're doing today. And I just... Yeah, I want you guys to know that you are loved. I hope you're being extra kind to yourself today and this week and just understanding that, you know, Valentine's Day, even though it's like a very lighthearted holiday, it's supposed to be a very fun holiday. It's not always fun for everyone. So if that's one of if that's the category you fall into, then I just want you to know that I love you and I'm thinking about you. And let's get on into today's episode because it will probably make you feel a little bit better about your dating situations. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe you have way worse luck than I do. And if so, I want to hear it. Maybe we'll do that as another episode. Like you guys telling me your insane dating fails because I can't be the only one here. I just I can't. Okay, so if you used to watch me in the 2017, 2018, 2019 era, you would know that I was very big on the story times. Well, I feel like everyone was. Like that was a very big era in YouTube was the story time era. And that was such a fun time. I feel like story times were always so much fun to film. They were always what got me the most like riled up and the most excited. And it was just a really fun time to be in that era of YouTube. It was just a time to be alive. It was a vibe. It was just amazing. So that's why I also wanted to do this for today's episode. I asked you guys on Instagram if you would rather see this episode or a different topic for today, but all of you, pretty much the majority of you, I think it was maybe even, where's my phone? I don't know. It's not here. But last time I checked, it was about 90% of you guys that said that you wanted 
me to spill the tea. You wanted the story times. So I am here for you today to be your entertainment and to give you story times. And now we're about five minutes into this episode and I haven't even started. So let's get in to the first one. Alrighty. So this story starts in, gosh, I don't even remember what year it was. I think it was 2019. No, it was, yeah, no, no, I'm wrong. It was 2020. So basically once upon a time when I lived in San Diego, there was this bar and it was a really fun bar, really popular, but it was like a small town bar. It wasn't like a bar that was, you know, on a big city street or something like that. It was just a very local beachy bar. Me and my friend would very much be a regular at this bar. It was so much fun. We had a blast every single time. And like once the nighttime hit, they like brought down a disco ball. It was just, it was so much fun. And every time my friend and I would go there, we lived in a very, I don't want to say like elderly community, but we lived in a town where there wasn't that many young people. So when we went to this bar, we were pretty much sticking out like a very big, giant, sore thumb. And not that that's really very important to the story, but I just am setting the scene for you. So think of beachy local sports bar that at night turns into like a nightclub, a disco ball gets brought down. They do karaoke on Tuesdays. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole vibe. So me and my friend were very much regular at this bar, as I mentioned. And whenever I would go there, I noticed that there was a very, there was a, there was a nice looking bartender that worked at this bar. And for the sake of the story, we are going to call him Ryan. Now, here's the thing about Ryan. Just to give you, again, setting up the scene, giving you the visual, Ryan was your stereotypical by the book bad boy. He had the motorcycle, the tattoos, the long hair. It was all there. He literally like, it was everything. And even his like vibe, even his personality was like mysterious, like bad boy-esque. Like it was just very, I don't know. It was just very, like he was just a mystery and I was intrigued. I was very intrigued, but here's the thing. I was in a relationship, okay? But let me preface this. It was a very toxic relationship. I never cheated. I never cheated. I will never be a cheater. I just feel like we need to put that out there right really quick before we get into this story because it just don't even go there with your mind. But here's what happened. When my friend and I would visit this bar, which was pretty frequently, he was working, Ryan, pretty much every single time, if not every other time. And whenever Ryan and I would be in the room together, there was a noticeable amount of tension, a noticeable amount of flirting. It was just, it was there. You could cut it with a freaking knife. And here's the thing, like I said, not a cheater, but I was in a very toxic relationship. I've talked about it before. It was horrible, toxic, and I knew we were going to break up. I just, I knew it. I knew I was going to break up with him. And it was just kind of a matter of when there was a lot of cheating involved on his side. I've talked about it before. It was horrible. RIP to that relationship. Goodbye. But at the time, like I said, I'm not a cheater. <laughs> How many times do I need to repeat myself on that part? But I just need you guys to know I didn't cheat. Anyways, um, what I did do though is while we were at the bar, he had grabbed my phone and asked to take a picture of me and my friend. I probably should have known a little bit better at the time, but I didn't. Or maybe I did and just didn't really care. I really don't remember my mindset. That was like five years ago. Um, but when he did that, he also ended up putting his number in my phone. Did I do anything with it? No, because again, I was in a relationship, even though 
one of us wasn't faithful, I was not going to contribute to that as well. But I did have his number in my phone. Anyways, fast forward a little bit. A couple months goes by. Didn't do anything with the number. We never hung out. We never talked. We never did anything. Then at the end of May of 2020, so this is like kind of mid-COVID, like peak of COVID, really, not even mid, peak of COVID. Um, My ex-boyfriend and I broke up. Like I said, knew that was going to happen. And after we broke up, you know, you go through the stages of yeah, grief, I guess. It's you're losing a person. And so you go through the stages of saying goodbye and then being mad and you're sad and you're pissed and all these emotions. And, you know, we could do a whole episode on the timeline of a breakup because that, oh, maybe that that's a good title. I like that timeline of a breakup. Put that in my notes. But anyways, so after my boyfriend and I or my ex-boyfriend and I had broken up, it really didn't take me too long to like emotionally get over it because I don't know about you guys, but as a girl, I've read this before. I've read that girls mentally leave relationships before they physically leave them. And I can't speak for everyone and I can't speak for every relationship. But what I do know is that in this particular case, that was a hundred percent what was happening. And we hadn't seen each other for like, you know, months. My ex-boyfriend and I hadn't seen each other for months until before we broke up because it was COVID and he was quarantining with his family. I was quarantining with mine. So anyways, we break up end of May and the emotional grief cycle did not last very long until I was at the phase of it where I was ready to hit the town again, single, ready to mingle. I was ready. I was, you know, I'd been in that relationship for three years. It was toxic and I was just ready to have a good time again and have fun. But like I said, it was the peak of COVID. So bars are shut down. You can't go out. You can't really do anything. But I remember I was sitting at home with my family one night and you go through the dating apps and you like do the whole thing. But I was like, wait a second, Ryan. I was like, I still have Ryan's number. And so I remember going to my phone, finding the number and I texted him and I was just, I, I forget what I said, but I, anyways, we start talking and again, very mysterious, very much bad boy. He was like 10 years older than me. And I don't know, there was just something fun and exciting about it. And so I was very much into it. I was ready to go. And so him and I were talking, chatting, and he had asked me out on a date. And he's like, would you like to go get dinner? And I was like, yes, Ryan, I very much would love to do that. So we're chit-chatting, we're talking, and we set a date to go get dinner. And if you know anything about me, I am a very like serial planner. So I planned out my whole day, three days in advance. I always know what I'm doing and what that day is going to look like. And this day was no different when he asked me to go to dinner. I was like, you know what? I'm going to work up, work up. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. And then I'm going to film because I needed to film that day. And I was like, it's perfect because I'll already have my hair and makeup done because I would have filmed. And then I'm just going to go to dinner. I don't even, I was just stressed about it because if you know anything about getting back into a, or not getting back into a relationship, getting back into the dating scene after a relationship, that is like a stressful time. It's like anxious, or at least for me, like I was ready, but I was anxious because I hadn't been on a first date in like three years. So I was like, I don't even know how this works anymore. Like, how are we like, this is gonna be so weird. And also I was like, Ryan and I had never really like talked outside of the bar. So like, how's this going to be? Whatever you get it. But I was like, this is a perfect plan. And now I don't have to worry or like stress. I'm like already be ready. I don't have to like be in a rush because I was a big worry, whatever. So 
I filmed that day. My hair is done. My makeup is done to the nines. Like I did the whole glam look. Like I did the foundation, the powder, the fake eyelashes. I had a spray tan on. I curled my hair. Like it was all there. So then we get to the point where filming is done and now I have to leave to go to the state to go to dinner. And I text Ryan and I'm like, hey, where do you want to go? And I feel like I should preface this by saying that this date for me was not anything other than, how can I say this? This is, I was not looking for a relationship. I was in the phase of, I just gotten out of one. I was very much in my one night stand phase. I was very much in my not looking for anything serious phase. I'm sorry, mom, but that is just the fucking truth. So anyways, I wasn't looking for like, you know, to, I didn't need to be wined and dine, but like it was going to be fun. It was whatever. So I text Ryan and I'm like, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? He goes, hey, change of plans. That right there, first red flag. Shouldn't be a change of plans 30 minutes before we leave. Should not be the change of plans. Anyways, he goes, hey, how would you feel instead of going to dinner? How about we go? How about we go to my roommate's family's beach house because they're having a family reunion? Now, there's multiple issues that I have with this. There's multiple problems that I have with this specific scenario. First being, as I just pointed out, I was not interested in meeting anyone's family. I was not interested. It wasn't even his family, I, let alone, I don't need to meet your family. I don't need to meet your roommate's family. I don't want to meet anyone's family. I'm good. But now I'm kind of stuck in it because I told him I didn't have any plans. I told him we would go to dinner together. And so I feel like I kind of have to go now. Like, it's just so awkward. And so I was like, uh, okay. And you know, he made it sound like really fun. He was like, they have this beach house. It's going to be great. And like, who am I to say no to a beach house? Like that's going to be fun regardless. So I was like, yeah, for sure. And then he sends me a text and he says, I feel like you might know my roommate. That made me uncomfortable. The second I read it, the second I read it, I was uncomfortable because why do I know your roommate? And then he followed up with that by saying, maybe not my roommate, but my roommate's sister. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I know the sister. That makes me feel a little bit better. And I was like, what's her name? He tells me her name. I have no idea who she is. So I feel like I'm in the clear, but I'm still about to go and meet this roommate's sister and the rest of the entire family. It's strange. I'm uncomfortable, but whatever. I get in the car, I start driving. I'm driving over there and he texts me and he goes, by the way, make sure you bring a bathing suit because we're going to the beach. As I had mentioned to you, I was in my filming gear, not my filming gear, but I was in my filming hair and makeup. I did not wear a bathing suit. My spray tan had not been washed off. I was wearing white. None of these things are looking good in my favor. And this is also the first date that I had been on in three years. And I'm about to go meet this man's entire, not even his family, his roommate's entire family. And I look I look like a clown. I look ridiculous. And it's partially my fault, but partially his as well. Because why did you need to change plans last minute? Like that just didn't need to happen. And so I was like, oh God, like once I got there, I saw him and he's like literally in a bathing suit and like it's baggy t-shirt and he looks so cool. And I look like a clown because I had just been filming an Amazon favorites video. So it just, we're not vibing. The vibes were already off from the very get go. It was not a time. So I get out of the car 
And I walk over to him, we start chit-chatting, and I knew within the first 10 minutes that this was going to be a very, very long night because I did not take into consideration the fact that him and I had not had really any conversation that didn't involve alcohol or very dark lighting. And that's not to say that, you know, that, that has nothing to do with the, like an appearance standpoint because appearances were on point. But I'm just saying from like a, you know, a vibe matching standpoint, like a chemistry standpoint. Now we were sober. Now we were standing in broad daylight. I have a, a three pounds of makeup on my face and we're standing underneath the sun on the beach in San Diego. And I already feel uncomfortable because it's a first date. I feel uncomfortable because I have no idea what to talk to this man about. We have nothing in common. He is 10 years older than me. And now I have to go get introduced to his roommate's entire family. But you know what? I was like, it's for the story. I was like, Savannah, do it for the story. Do it for the story. We walk onto this beach and he shows me his roommate. I knew his roommate. I definitely knew his roommate. Not And not for the reason you may think. I didn't hook up with his roommate. I hadn't like, you know, actually met his roommate at all. But his roommate had been in my DMs for the past two and a half years constantly just two and a half years it would be like every couple weeks just saying hey and then he would delete the message when I didn't respond and then he would say hey again and it was just like a constant thing and I literally knew his name like the back of my hand I knew what he looked like because I had seen this man in my dms constantly for the past two years and I just never responded because I just wasn't interested and I was also in a relationship so I just was like not even entertaining it so when I see his roommate my jaw almost drops to the floor at least it did in my mind and I'm looking at him I'm looking at Ryan and I almost feel like I'm being punked. I feel like I am on the set of punked because I'm like, no, this is not your roommate. And I'm not here on this beach with his family. And I'm not here with you not knowing what to talk about. And I'm not here with three pounds of makeup on my face. And I'm not here being so uncomfortable. And here's the thing, like this date wasn't bad in the sense that like Ryan was a dick or like Ryan was rude. It was just like not what I was ready for at that time. And it just kind of felt like, it was like one thing after another. Like it just was, it was, it was over before it even started. That's how I can put it. Like it was just over before it ever started. And I, but I was there and I couldn't just like leave. So then I get introduced to Ryan's roommate's mom, his dad, his cousins, his aunts, his uncles, his nieces, his nephews, everyone, everyone in this freaking family was there. And I was there and Ryan was there and we're sitting on this beach and I kid you not, it was three hours of silence, three hours of just not speaking. And I didn't know what to do. Cause like, what do you do in that situation? It was just so uncomfortable. And I was uncomfortable and I was awkward. And like, I took a tequila shot before I left thinking that that would like help me. It did not. I think it like just did more harm than it did good. And we were sitting there so uncomfortably and oh, it just, it makes me cringe every time. Cause I just feel so awkward. So then we were there from 5 to 8.30 and this is in the middle of summer so the sun didn't start going down to like 8.15 and he finally was like, do you want to go back to my apartment? And I was like, thank God, better words have never been spoken because as I mentioned in the beginning, I really wasn't looking for any like serious date. I didn't need to come here and meet this entire freaking family that I don't know and like this is all very uncomfortable for me. I'm not in the headspace to be doing this right now, but I am in the headspace to be doing other things. So I was like, yes, let's go back to your apartment. So we go back to his apartment and we're sitting there in his kitchen 
the roommate comes in, the roommate that's been in my DMs. Not only does the roommate come in, the roommate's girlfriend comes in. And that's even better and makes me even more uncomfortable because I feel like it's like this weird secret because I'm like, you know who I am. Like, and I know who you are, but Ryan doesn't know. Maybe he does. I don't know. And I'm like, I can't bring it up because his girlfriend's here. It's like, it's, everything's weird. It's just weird. And so long story short, because we do have another story to get into after this, um, I stayed there from 8.30 to 1.30 in the morning, just talking. We just talked. Luckily, the night did get better after we got to the apartment and we like were able to loosen up a little bit and have a couple drinks. The roommate was still a little strange. He put on a Star Wars helmet that he had had. I think he collected it and he started dancing around the living room and put like neon lights on the ceiling. I don't know. That part was weird. But I mean, Ryan and I, once we got back to his apartment, it was better, but just still weird. It was weird. And then I was waiting for the time for him to be like, okay, do you want to go to my room? That time never came, never, ever came. And finally I was like, I'm not staying here any longer. Like, this is just ridiculous. I was like, it's 1.30. I'm tired. I want to go home. So I was like, all right, like, listen, like I'm going to go home. And by the way, when I say we had a couple drinks, I mean like, you know, I had like a white claw, like that's literally it. And so he lived literally like right down the street from me, which was kind of perfect. And so he walked me to my car and he kissed me goodnight. And then I got in my car and I drove home. And here's the thing. I should have been very happy with that. I should have been like, you know what? Ryan is so respectful. Ryan is so nice. And maybe we're just like two very quiet people, but we vibed at the end. Da, 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 da. No, that's just not how I felt. I was so frustrated because I was like pretty much for my entire life, rarely have I gone on a date with someone and like I've wanted it to go further than they have but this was very different and just like it took a whole different turn I was like I feel like first of all I feel like I'm on the set of punk I also feel like I'm kind of on the set of the bachelor also you kiss me goodnight and I just it was just weird the whole thing was weird and I was very frustrated going home and again it wasn't a bad date because Ryan's a bad guy it wasn't a bad date because of anything other and I wouldn't even say bad it was just an awkward date it was an awkward experience I had to meet his roommate's entire family I knew his roommate and I felt like I had to keep a secret it was very strange but at the same time, I'd seen him like several times after that, not on a dating uh, standpoint, but I would just see him when I went out and we talked and had good conversation, but we were just, it just wasn't there. It just was not, it was not there. Anyways, so that was story time number one of my uncomfortable dating life. Now moving on to the second story time. This is a good one. This was the story time that I was going to save for the love bombing episode that I've been planning on doing for a while, but it's just, it's too good to not share for this episode. So a couple months after I met Ryan or a couple months after me and Ryan went out. So that was in like June, fast forward to about November of 2020. So we're going to call this guy, let's call him Eric. Okay, so once upon a time in November of 2020, I was on Hinge and I met this guy named Eric, also on Hinge. So Eric and I were talking, chit-chatting. We finally decide to go on a date and I picked the place. I picked the restaurant, which is not a big deal, whatever. I picked it. We set up a time. He met me there. We sit down and we, you guys, we literally clicked so well. 
but there is, there's a catch to this. So we're sitting down at the restaurant, we're talking, we're chatting, and I don't know, we're just, we're getting along really, really well, more than I thought we would. And we closed the restaurant down, actually. We stayed there until closing. And after the restaurant was closed, he was like, I don't want this night to end. Like, I am, like, I'm really enjoying my time with you. Like, let's just keep this night going. Da, 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 da. Mind you, first time I've ever met him. And I was having a good time because here's the thing. I had never, this is really, really sad. I had never been tre- like complimented as much in my life as I was on that date, or at least up until that point as I was on that date. And so I was like, oh my God, is this what it's like? Like, is this happening right now? Like, is this really happening? So I was like, okay, yeah. Like we don't need to like end the night. Like let's go to the beach. And like, I don't know if you're, if you live somewhere where like, I don't know, California or Florida or anywhere that there's like a beach really, um, you know that going to the beach at night is fun, or at least I think it is. I don't know. I prefer the beach at night over the beach during the day. And so he was like, yeah, let's go to the beach. So we go to the beach and we're standing there and he, okay. The vibes were giving very much, mind you, I think I should preface this by saying like, this was before I knew what love bombing is. And if you don't know what love bombing is, essentially it's when someone basically like, overcompensates or just like overly tells you, or at least from my experience, it's like when someone is literally obsessed with you after the first time they met you or like the second time they met you, like talking about future, like you're the one, da 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 da. Sometimes that's genuine, but a lot of times it's what's called love bombing. And then they just take the rug right out from underneath you. And that is exactly what happened here. So let me just resume my story. So we are at the beach and we're sitting there and we're talking and I'm thinking like this is going really really well and we're sitting there and finally he he kisses me and whatever and then he looks at me right after and he goes whoa and I was like I was like whoa what like what are you saying whoa for and he goes did you feel that too and I go what what are you talking about and he goes like like fireworks and I, again, I think I just wasn't in the mental state to be able or prepared to like handle something like this. Cause I was like, no, I didn't feel fucking fireworks. Like, what are you talking about? But I was like, yeah, like <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay. And because, okay, this is my theory on love bombing and this is my theory on life in general. And this is why, okay. I was actually talking to Hayden about this last night about the bachelor. This is why I feel like people on the batch. It's like basic psychology. It's like you put someone on this pedestal and like you just, so for example, like if Eric putting me on this pedestal and like being obsessed with me, which I'm not done telling my story yet, but I'm just giving you this example, putting me on this pedestal, making me feel like I am the queen of the world after just one time meeting him, which should have been a red flag. It should have been like a turnoff. It should have been like Savannah, something's not normal here. Like something's not right. Like we need to like move on because you know, no one should be this into you or like this obsessed with you. Like after the first, I don't know. At least I don't think so. I feel like it's like a gradual thing or anyways, but I just, was in this mindset of like, oh my God, like this guy is obsessed with me. And then the second he started to pull away, like your ego is like, no, 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 no. And like your pride is like, hold up a second because you were just obsessed with me. So why are you now not obsessing over me anymore? And then you start to chase. And that's when like the whole back and forth shit comes into play. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what we were talking about. Me and Hayden, when we were watching the bachelor bachelor last night, it's like this guy gets put on this pedestal. All of these girls are fighting over him. 
and like you're fighting for his attention, you're fighting for his time. And any crumb he gives you, any like just piece of little validation that he gives you, you're going to be like holding on to that for dear life. Like you're grasping at for straws at that point. And it's just, it's the cat and mouse game. Anyways, I don't know why we went on a bachelor tangent right there, which by the way, I don't know if anyone else is watching the bachelor. Clearly I am. I'm actually very surprised at how like no drama Zach is, but anyways, we're not talking about that right now. So me and him are at the beach. He's talking about fireworks. And then he goes into this whole tangent about how he feels like this night has been a movie and it's all led him to this moment with me and da, 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 da. And we should just stay on this beach for like hours. Should we wait until sunrise and all of these things? He's saying all of these things. But again, for someone who's like vulnerable and like just got out of a really shitty toxic relationship where I like never got complimented like once. And then I meet this person who's like overly obsessed with me to what should have been a concerning point. I was like, like, wait a second, like this is it. This is what the books are about. This is what the movies are about. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is so great. I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and so um, we end the night. I basically was like, I have to go pick up my brother from this party, but like, let's do something again. And he's like, can I see you tomorrow? Like, this has been amazing. Like I'm feeling butterflies and fireworks and all these things. And he kept repeating it. He kept saying it over and over and over again. And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then I don't think we saw each other the next day. But what I do remember is waking up the next morning to him sending me a playlist, which, okay, I can't tell if this is cute or if this is weird. I feel like this would have been cute if it was like one weekend or maybe two weeks in, maybe like one month in, maybe not one week. That would have been weird. But one day was definitely not okay. I wake up and this man has made me a playlist. He made me a playlist on Spotify. And he titled the playlist Sav. And it was like of all these songs, he's like, I put together a playlist of all these songs that remind me of you and like all these songs that I think you would like, sir, you've known me for five hours. Like this is not something where it's like, these songs remind me of you. Like that doesn't fly here. But again, Sav was not in the right mindset to be making normal, like sane decisions. And I was like, oh my God, I have a husband. Like this is amazing. And we were texting all the time. And like, he, I was just like, I was so in. And I remember I was having a conversation with my life coach and I was telling her all about Eric. And I was like, oh my God, I met this guy. He's so great. He's like, so into me. Like, how great is this? And she's like, Savannah. And I was like, what? And she goes, you're being love bombed. And that was the first time I'd ever heard about the whole term of love bombing. I was like, what are you talking about love bombed? Like, what do you mean? And she's explaining to me that like being love bombed is some is what happens when someone like overly compensates for, you know, like in kind of, and she explained to me what love bombing is, which again, I'm not doing a great job of explaining it. Should I look it up on my phone right now? And we can look up the definition together so we can all understand what I'm saying. Love bombing. Let's see. What does Google have for us? Love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection. Boom. Perfect. That's what it is. It can be used in different ways and for either positive or negative purposes. Psychologists have identified love bombing as a possible part of a cycle of abuse and have warned against it. Okay. Well, it never got like that far. And this is just from Wikipedia, but that first part where it's an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection, that's basically what my life coach told me. She was like, you're being love bombed and this is going to go really south. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I have a boyfriend. Leave me alone. Like this guy's amazing. And we hung out like a couple more times 
And he, again, was just like all in, like totally all in. And he was like, can I spend the night? Can you spend the night? Like, just stay here. Like, you're amazing, whatever. Like, he made me dinner. We went out to dinners. He introduced me to his friends. Like, it was a whole thing. And this was a span of three weeks. And so it was all very fast paced. It was all fast paced until it wasn't. What I mean by that is one day, quite literally, he left my house and I never heard from him again. And so... Let me just back up a little bit. So we have been talking, everything was great. And I was like, I was like, this is, this is it. Like I, I found my person, like I found my husband. And again, it was just, I think my mindset of not, I wasn't ready for a relationship. That's the first thing. Um, and I wasn't very secure within myself, I think, to understand what was happening. Because if someone did that to me now, granted it wouldn't happen, but like if someone did that to me now, I would be like, why are you this obsessed with me? Like, this is weird. Like, this is not normal. But back then I was like, wait, like this is nice. Like compliments because everyone likes to be complimented. And like, I don't know, you just... I feel like human beings have a tendency to believe that people can be good until you're fucked over. And then you believe that all people are bad. But like at the time I was like, I had just had a lot of hope. And I was like, maybe that this is like, you know, maybe this is how it's supposed to be. Cause I never experienced something like that before. Like the man made me a freaking playlist. He was talking about fireworks and like all of these things. And I was just like, so like my mind was just in the freaking clouds. I had rose colored glasses on to the fullest extent. And I remember he came over to my house um, before Thanksgiving. It was like the night. Yeah, I think it was the night before Thanksgiving. And he came over to my house and he was going over to his house later that day. And he comes over, we have dinner, like we do the whole thing. And then he left because he was driving to his mom's house that night back to see his family for um, Thanksgiving. And when he left, I always told him or I always tell like everyone that I've you know been with to text me when you get home just because I don't know I have a true crime podcast I know what happens sometimes and I just like to know that people are safe and so I texted him or I told him to text me when he got home he quite literally never texted me ever again <laughs> and I remember being so confused I was like wait a second I was like this didn't just happen I did not just get freaking bamboozled like this there's no way that this has just happened again and I just remember not hearing from him and I was like am I supposed to text him like did did something happen like I don't I don't get it and I was like it took everything in me everything in my power not to text him and I didn't and I'm so proud of myself to this day I'm very proud of myself for not texting him and that's why I'm like a huge I I very much am an advocate for like you know don't reach out like kind of wait for them to come to you method like I don't know maybe that's toxic I don't think it is because this like Eric was freaking toxic he leaves don't hear from him two weeks later I get a text from him midday random randomest fucking text I'd ever gotten essentially what he tells me in this text message is that he didn't want to leave me hanging and he's just not ready for a relationship at this point in time, but I'm a great person. It's just the season of life that he's in. Okay. First of all, I will give him credit where credit is due because he clear, he could have just, you know, not said anything forever and like just left it at that. Um, but when he did, I was almost even more pissed when he did say something because I was like, you mother 
fucker. Like, you're not ready for a relationship, says the man who made me a playlist 12 hours after meeting me, says the man who talks about uh, fireworks and movies and sparks and like wedding bells after like two hours of knowing each other. What is wrong with you? I was like, I didn't want a relationship. I didn't want any of this shit. You sprung all of this on me. It made me so mad. Oh my God, you guys, I was so mad. But it was a very good lesson. I will say that. And by the time he texted me, I really wasn't too hung up on it because I was talking to, by that point, I was already talking to someone else. I was talking to Abercrombie that you guys, I don't know if you guys have heard the situationship episode that we talked about. Um, I gave you a story time in there. Abercrombie, big, big no-no, big red flag. But here's what I will say about it. As frustrating as that was, as like, you know, I like it was just so aggravating as that experience was, it was definitely a confusing experience because I had never experienced something like that before. I had never gone through something where, you know, I'm used to people or before that I was used to people who didn't put in a lot of effort and like didn't say all the right things. So it didn't like sting as much or it wasn't as much of a shock, I guess is the best way to put it. It wasn't as much of a shock when it came to a point where it stopped or that like it was abruptly ended because I was like, okay, well, it's not like he was expressing a lot of interest beforehand or it's not like it was things were going so great and then it just stopped with Eric. That was the case. And then when it stopped, I was like, what, what just, it was like my, it was like a fever dream and it only lasted for three weeks. And that's where I think my mind was like so screwed up is I was like, that was just just like a three week time span. And like, it felt like a freaking fever dream and it just frustrated the living daylights out of me. But long story short, um, this is the kind of lesson in there too, is they always come back. They really do. Cause fast forward to about, I want to say like nine months later. Yeah. It was nine months later. He reached back out cause we got matched on hinge again. And it was, he became like my hinge profiles, like most compatible like that bullshit like it was like the most compatible like Eric and I declined him like seven times because I was so pissed and I kept declining him and he kept popping back up and so finally I was like I was mad at Abercrombie one day and I was like okay fine I'm just gonna let's just let's just have some fun and I will say that after letting him come back for like what I thought like was gonna be nothing and like very harmless and whatever which it was What I will say is I definitely should have held myself to a higher standard and I definitely should have held myself to the pedestal that he held me on in the very beginning because I feel like in bringing him back, allowing him to come back, even though I tried to be like the chill girl and like the cool girl and whatever, it's fine, haha, we'll laugh it off. Like it was a really hard time and I remember him leaving my house after I had um, seen him for the first time in like nine months and I... Like, I know this is like a very like haha funny episode, but like when he left, that was really hard on me mentally because I realized that, you know, this guy who I, you know, thought there was a connection with, even though it was a three week fever dream, like I thought there was something so strong there because it like was so fast and like, you know, it was just everything happened within the blink of an eye. But when it was happening, it felt very much real or very, it did just feel very real. And then nine months later to see him again in a very different light, in a very different way, that was really hard on me because I feel like in that moment, I kind of felt like all of it was just not real. I just felt like all of it was a lie. 
it didn't feel like this was the guy who was telling me he was going to marry me. Like it just felt like this was the guy who kind of just got what he wanted and left, which if that's what he wanted, it really wouldn't have been a big deal anyways. And I think that, you know, obviously I can't sit here and speak on people's emotions or intentions, but do I really believe that like, you know, he was just, he got too freaked out because that was his whole thing when he came back. He was like, I was just too scared because like the feelings we had were so real, like cry me a fucking river and like literally jump in it. Like I don't care. And anyways, like I was saying, I just think the lesson that I learned in that is that I needed to start holding myself to a higher standard. I needed to start holding myself to the standard. Like I said, that he had put me to, or at least pretended to put me to, or acted like he was putting me to in the very beginning. Because if I had, then none of this shit would have happened. A lot of the shit from start to finish, like in my dating experiences in the past couple of years wouldn't have happened, but it's all lessons. It's all very good. Um, I do have one more quick little story time that I wanted to share and I'm not going to get into it too much. I just want to like, I'm literally just, it's like two sentences and then we're going to wrap this episode up because this isn't really my story to tell, but I can't like not share this because this is insane because so here's the thing I'm not going to get into the actual story of what this person told me because again it's not my story to tell however the experience of how I experienced it is my story to tell so that's here we go when I first moved to Nashville I would say probably within the first two months I was talking to this guy and I ended up I didn't go on a date with him. He just met me and my friend out at a bar one night. And it was the first time I ever met him. And within the first probably 20 minutes of meeting him, he thought it was a good idea to tell me that he had been married. He's recently divorced and that he cheated on his wife with a guy. (laughs) And here's the thing, whatever floats your boat, I don't care. Do whatever you want. It's not a big deal. But the boldness that you have to have, I feel like, to tell me that you cheated on your wife with a man the first time we meet. I feel like that's not like, maybe, okay, give me two hours. You can't give me like an hour at least, an hour, two hours before you like decide to drop a bomb on me like that. Like how am I supposed to react within the first 20 minutes? What am I supposed to say? I don't know. Again, I'm not going to get too much into that one, but that's like one I can't not share because we're doing like this whole, I feel like this is very much like honesty hour. (laughs) We're having a very good, I'm just catching you guys up on like, the story times of ghosts of boyfriends past. So I feel like might as well throw that one in there too, because that one was a wild one. That one was really weird. Really, really weird, actually. I mean, yeah, no, very strange. I didn't know how to respond to that. I honestly don't even remember how I responded to that. I think I just said, wow, that's crazy. I don't know. That's where we're at. Those are my stories, you guys. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, this was just supposed to be more like lighthearted and fun. And I miss talking to you guys on like a friendship level, which is why my thoughts exactly exist. And so I wanted to bring back the old story times because that's one of the segments that I was really excited on bringing back from the very beginning. And so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys have been having a great Valentine's Day week. I hope you guys are having fun. Be nice to yourself. Be kind. I love you so much. Make sure you subscribe because we post every Thursday. And I'll be back next week with a brand new one. Bye, guys.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio.